And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. To get us going on Monday. Welcome, everyone. We are live from the bunker. Jason Hutt here. I'm the editor in chief here at sci fi for me.com. And the chat, the live chat is open. Anybody wants to participate in the conversation, we do also have an email address that you can use if you want to share your thoughts about stuff and things it is live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com you can also leave a comment if you are partaking of this program in replay or if you're listening to the audio version as a podcast uh, and that's fine too uh, we do invite you to watch live on the youtube channel uh, monday through thursday that's sci-fi for me.tv and eventually, the plan is for that .tv to point somewhere else. Uh, we are available. You can find us uh, as a podcast form on uh, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Uh, I don't think this show is on... This show, I don't think, is on Stitcher yet, but the H2O podcast is. So you can find us on Stitcher as well. And other podcast players probably have the feed. I've got to look. I think we're on Spotify. And we'll talk about that one in here in a minute. Hello, Robert, in the chat. Uh, about halfway through, hero at the end of his rope. Well, excellent. Thank you. I'm, I appreciate you reading that. I actually got a I got an email today, and I didn't open it yet uh, to look, but apparently I have a royalty waiting in the wings for uh, for Amazon Kindle. So. Somebody bought the book, and I know Robert's uh, Robert's reading it, so I appreciate that. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, you enjoy it. And for those that are wondering, I guess I should pull it up here so people can see it. Since it's come up in a conversation, I did write a book at one point. It's called "The Hero at the End of His Rope." It's available over on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. I'll give myself a real quick little plug there. And uh, give a plug for SuperheroStuff.com. You can save 10% on your order when you use the promo code SCIFI for me 10 when you check out. All sorts of swag that you can wear to the conventions that aren't happening. Eventually, the conventions are going to come back. Somehow. So we just have to figure out how, and we have to figure out how we can be a part of it as a media entity. Looking forward to that, trying to figure that out. Just posted over on the .com, my review of J.W. Rinsler's All Up. This is a new novel. It is a fictionalized account of the space race uh, starting all the way back before World War II, and it follows Robert Goddard, Werner von Braun, and uh, Sergei Korolev as they race against each other to 
build rockets to get out of uh, Earth orbit. The Race to the Moon. This particular one covers uh, pre-World War II all the way up to the Apollo 11 mission. And I understand from John, it is um, it is a first of a series. So the next book will pick up after Apollo 11 and keep going. So it's a mix of historical events along with uh, UFOs, which... You know, if if anything is to be believed about the stuff that's being released from the from the United States military, maybe UFOs are actual thing and it's not totally speculative fiction anymore. So that's that's over at the dot com. You can read that uh, in your wild off time. Of course, a lot of us have wild off time uh, anyway because of the. the pandemic and the lockdown. So Cam1138, hello. Welcome to the chat. It's good to see you. I haven't seen you in a while. Hope everything's going well. Uh, no guests today. It's just us chickens. Uh, so uh, so there we are. But that's okay. This is this is going to this is sometimes sometimes. Sometimes some of the most scintillating and brilliant conversation that you will find anywhere on the web. I am the hardest working man on YouTube, I'm told. Uh, I'm, I'm not exactly sure that I buy into that yet, uh, but it is, it is one thing or another where I am constantly being told by Mrs. Boss, that I have, um, I have too much to do, and I don't take enough time off. Sci-Fi Snob in the chat, welcome. Uh, the sports broadcast thing, how it how it went? It went fine. Uh, last Thursday before last, uh, I was part of the crew that was maintaining the sky cam at uh, the Chiefs football game. Chiefs versus the Texans, and that's part of my day my day job routine. It's actually fairly nice to get some work finally during all of this. Um, even though there wasn't a whole lot of people there, uh, the 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 stadium restricted the the amount of attendance, but we did have uh, a pretty good crowd. And basically what it is, uh, the way the sky cam works, this is the flying camera that, that uh, is all over the field during the game. And uh, they hire locals, uh, what we call locals, the local crew, to supplement the traveling crew. There's a crew that travels with the control equipment to the gear. And then you have the locals who come in to help set up and tear down and all of that. And... Uh, we uh, we basically babysit the take-up reel. And what these are, there are four different spools, motorized spools, that have the carbon fiber cable that go up through pulleys down to the camera. And as these spools take in and let out the cable, that's how the camera moves. So you got to have somebody there to monitor and make sure that nothing happens, you know, smoke or tangles or whatever in each spool. So that's what I was doing. I actually got paid to stand through the entire game because the stadium, in its infinite wisdom, t- 
took all of the seats that were not sold because limited capacity and they zip tied them shut. So I was not able to sit down during the football game. So I stood for an entire football game and babysat this take up reel, which is fine. You know, you paid to stand and watch football game. Uh, but that was, that was good. And, uh, I think I'm still recovering from it a little bit, maybe, sort of. I don't know. So, anyway, so yeah, but it, it went it went fairly well. The ratings, however, did not, and we'll get into that here in a minute because we can talk about the Emmys, we can talk about the NFL because it is of a piece of stuff that we have talked about here for other things related to uh, genre. And it's all part of the same thing. And we've talked about it before. I'm not going to beat a, beat a dead horse. But the culture war thing is real, and it is a thing. And it is hitting all of the different aspects of the entertainment world. Um, always bring your own chair. Advice to save me many times. Yes, so, uh, that that actually, next time, next time I go out there, I am likely to do that. I had that thought. Uh, to take my own because well see normally normally you just sit down in the seat and I probably I probably could have gotten away with uh, popping one of those zip ties and sitting down but I didn't because you know that's I don't want to I don't want to break the rules I did have somebody I had a, an old it was for uh, it was uh, it was for NBC is where the game was so I had an old NBC sports ball cap that I got to wear for the first time officially as part of anything, and I've had this hat for 30-some-odd years, maybe? Not yet. Oh, I can put that on. Um, Hi, everyone. 30-some-odd 30, 30 years. And I had a guy had a guy who wanted to buy the hat from me. Offered me 50 bucks for the ball cap. I was like, ah, I can't. It was a gift from my mother. I can't do that. Uh, sci-fi snob, is this a genre guy in any way related to She-Ra? No. <laughs> because. That, is, is that, is that She-Ra's Buckaroo Banzai <laughs> name? Which, which, <laughs> jo- oh yeah, genre. <laughs> Sorry, maybe, I had to go there. Maybe we should give, maybe we should give Buckaroo Banzai names to all of our regulars. We should, I think. John Snob. <laughs> John Bob. What was mine? Your yours? You were John Coffee. Tim was no, John, John Coffee Mug. Oh, Coffee Mug. Tim yeah. is John Kinky Boots. And the teenager was John Bubble. Um depending on the day of the week, I think we had two for him. I think so I'm too. I'm not sure. Cuz I remember we were at dinner one day and it was, was after we had given it him his name. And he said something that lit you up and you were crying and turning red. You were laughing so hard because whatever that. he said fit perfectly in his name. I, I don't remember because I don't laugh. I yeah, don't have do. I don't have a sense of humor. What are you talking about? Yeah, you do. Uh, no, I what was I? I, I? What was yours? Did we write those down? I think you did. I'll have to look. You might want to check your notes in your phone. My notes in my phone. Oh, those are those have those have died. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
Maybe they haven't. Because I know do, we have. Do, 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 do. Let's see here. I don't know if. Nope. Nope. They're gone. Darn it. I don't have it. John. What was yours? That's got to bug me now. <laughs> well, I have to come up with a new one. Great. Done. I'm scared now. It was had, had, had some. Was it? It wasn't. It wasn't bubble wrap. John something. What was John something? John. Hmm. Yeah. For those of you who are wondering what we're talking about. <laughs> A while back, I introduced, well, it's been a long while now, I introduced Miss, Mrs. Boss to Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. That's when you had the and whole, uh, that's when you had, I'm sorry, completely interrupted. You had me sit and watch that after we had rearranged your living room with the TV against the wall that faced the street. And then we had the t the couch that was facing the back toward the uh, dining room kitchen area. I remember this. So anyway, so this we were introducing Mrs. Boss to, to Buckaroo Bonsai across the eighth dimension, <laughs> and somehow we got on the topic of the the aliens who had named themselves John. Fill in the blank. John, uh, John Big Boutet, John, uh, all of the all of John Strawberries, and John, you know, all of the Johns. Because they all popped in with social security numbers. Yeah, at that and point. so we're we're figuring. So Mindy says, "What would your John names be?" And talking about me and and Tim and everybody else on the staff. And mine, what we figured was John Coffee Mug. And for whatever reason, we had been. I what, what? How did we get on to? Oh, it was because of the whole uh, Sailor Moon thing, I think. No, no, no. For, no. for Tim, yeah, for him John. with John Kinky Boots was because he had posted something on his social media, mm. Instagram, and a shoe company asked if he would be willing to do reviews. Oh, that's right for them. That's right. I I forgot. I completely forgot about that. Um, I'm I'm gonna look here and see if I don't think I've got that list anywhere anymore. Um, nope, 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 nope. I'm not seeing it. Would you have oh, done any well. type of social media post with it? Because no. again, this would have been back in uh, that we watched that probably October ish. Yeah, no, it's two thousand sixteen. It's, it's all gone. It's all gone, which is probably for the best. I'm I'm sure I could find an old H two O podcast. Well, and you'll we just have to it. figure out. We just have to figure out who your who your what was yours was? I'm sure it had something to do with hospitals. But that would have been a newer. But that would have been before even my first. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. 
<laughs> it's okay, sci-fi snob. Uh, you, I liked what you had put on there, and it just it cracked me up because I like Shira, the real one. And when I saw that, anytime John comes up in a name, it kind of goes this way anyway. But it is going to bug me now. At least it's genre. Uh, you weren't genre. See, that was his whole gag. I know. That was the. That was never mind. I that is gonna bug me now. I'm gonna have to figure that out. I may have to do a little memory regression and, and hypnotism or something to to remember. So anyway, okay. So the Emmys were were last night. The Creative Arts Emmys were all last week, and uh, the Mandalorian pulls in seven Emmy wins. Uh, Watchmen pulled in a number of wins as well. However, all is not. Perfect in Emmy Land. Sci-fi uh, <laughs> snob Mindy always thinks my legitimate questions are jokes. Well, it's because there is so much humor behind your questions because there is truth in humor, and you can find anything to be funny if there's truth or something, right? I don't know. All right, so TV, the Emmys. Uh, here's the headline for Variety. TV ratings, Emmys, Emmy Awards drop to new low in early numbers. <clears throat> I should, you know what I should get? I should get a clip of Gomer Pyle saying, surprise, 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 because this is not. And I love irony. Because this is not a surprise. I, I caught I caught pieces of the bit that Kimmel did with Jennifer Aniston, yeah, who was only standing there to remind us that Jennifer Aniston has not aged. And you remember when she was on a show called Friends? That's all that was. And she's standing by with a uh, she's standing by with a fire extinguisher because Kimmel decides he wants to do this bit about sanitizing the awards, and they end up setting fire to an envelope. And the fire would not go out. She had to blast that thing with a with a fire extinguisher like four or five times. And to me, Kimmel has never been funny. Uh, it is. He had his moments, and I'm only saying this. This was back years and years and years and years and years ago when he was dating Sarah Silverman. And they had their whole little Matt Damon, Ben Affleck thing. That's about where he Kimmel, stopped being okay. funny. Kimmel has never been funny to me. That's my opinion. You know, your mileage I said may marriage. I said your moments. mileage may vary. But here we are, uh, for reading from the Variety article. The Emmys are in line for their lowest ever viewership once again. According to early numbers, last night's show, hosted by Jimmy Kimmel, scored a 1.0 rating among adults 18 to 49 and drew only 5.1 million total viewers. Ouch. While those numbers will increase later in the day as more accurate information comes in, they still represent roughly a 14% dip in total audience from last year. 
Now, last year, according to this article, uh, a, a show without a host, they had, they had the Emmys last year with no host. That was that whole Kevin Hart thing. Uh, yeah, and, and so it was on Fox, delivered a massive 33% decline from the year before. So last year was 33% lower than the year before last. This year now still uh, is 14% drop from that. Which means, and and this goes back to other stuff and things in the entertainment world. Nobody cares about the Emmys. Nobody cares about the Oscars. And as we're seeing with the ratings for the NFL, people are starting to decide that nobody cares about football either. And you have to wonder why. Why is it that the numbers are going down for all of this stuff? And and it will translate. And the reason the reason I'm looking at this today is because the impact, the potential impact that it will have on uh, any kind of television viewership, but especially for uh, uh, science fiction superhero shows because there are a lot of superhero programs you know the boys on amazon and watchmen watchmen's gone but you know there's always that little crack in the door that maybe there could be another season of watchmen you've got uh, uh star girl and all of the arrowverse shows and and some of them have taken a specific turn in their tone and, you know, last night, being the Emmys and being Hollywood, they've got to get their digs in on the political front, which, look, you have, you have your opinions, that's fine. That's one of the reasons why we haven't leaned into politics, though, is because you have the potential of ticking off and alienating at least half your audience. We have a small enough audience as it is that why would I want to get rid of half of them? Why would I want to alienate half of the people who could come to these programs and watch these programs and listen to the shows and give us feedback and interact in the chat and all of that and potentially draw in advertisers at some point when the audience gets big enough? Why would I want to do anything to alienate half of them? It's not appropriate. Sci-fi's not bad. You know we aren't aliens. I don't. See, I wasn't going to say anything. I, I was going to make a comment, but I was going to let you go off on that. Well, I mean, and we see this, we see this now in, in the comics industry as well. The rise of the Comicsgate movement as a, as a, as a movement, the, 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 the what happened with the with the Hugo Awards with the with the whole puppies campaign you know sad puppies one two and three and four these things uh, are no longer relevant in a certain in a certain uh, standing because you start to stray from your lane as it were and 
you lose the interest because you're no longer you're no longer focused on 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 that which you're supposed to be working on. Um, if you have if you have a comic book company, for example, like DC Comics or Marvel or Vault or Valiant or Boom Studios or anything like that, we'll talk about Boom here in a minute. You have a product that you make. You make comic books. And the responsibility of the business, and again, it's a business, and that's something that a whole lot of people forget, especially all of those people who call it a comics community. It's not a community. The fans can be a community. But from a business standpoint, you are running a business. And the business has to make money, which means you have to sell a product, which means you have to convince people to buy your product. And as such, you need to make a product that people will like. And you have to make a product that people will like and buy more than once. And when you sit there and say... I don't like your politics, don't buy my product, people will take you up on it. And I think that's what we're seeing with the ratings for all of these award shows. People have decided, okay, if that's how you're going to be, we're not going to participate anymore. We're not going to enable this kind of behavior. We're not going to reward this kind of behavior. Whether it's Comic book publishers, or comic book editors, comic book writers, uh, television showrunners. Looking at you, Stephen, tonight. Comic book artists. Bill Sienkiewicz. Comic book media. Chris Arant. I'm going to call them. I'm going to name names. I think you're all behaving behaving in ways that are inherently damaging to your own work's worth. Your own work's value is diminished when you start spouting off like this because you represent a brand. Like it or not, you represent a brand. And I would say that Chris Arendt over at Newsarama probably doesn't have a whole lot of room to talk because Newsarama has, has declined enough that it's had to be folded into Games Radar. Just because you have corporate entities owning your site, just because there are corporate powers to be, does not necessarily guarantee that you're going to be successful. And I think we see, uh, over the last few years especially, this whole thing about uh, taking a political stance is not the best way to do business. And... and I have to be I have to be careful here because I run the risk of doing the exact same thing here now. I am commenting on the concept of being political with your site and I'm trying to do it in a way without being political myself. I don't care what your politics are. From the standpoint of my audience or or my staff, 
because not everybody on staff agrees with me and not everybody in the audience agrees with me and that's fine i'm not going to sit here and say you're a toxic man baby if you don't agree with me ryan johnson I'm not going to sit here and call you out and insult you and call you names and say you're part of a hate movement or anything like that because it's bad for business. And I know some people have suggested that I really should go ahead and just lean into it and become part, you know, and 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 go full bore into the outrage media clickbait whatever fandom menace comics gate what you know, pick your hashtag pick your group and we we don't do that we don't advocate for a for a certain ideological bent one way or the other and you know even even on H2O uh, to, to answer Sci-Fi Snob's question, you know, we don't get that deep in the weeds as far as politics goes because that's not the focus of our site. It's not the focus of our channel. If we were doing a political channel, if we had politics for me, as an example, then sure, it would be appropriate. And I could do my show and Tip could do his show and... and Curtis could do something, and Minnie could do something, and Matt could do something, whatever. Anybody who feels like they have something to contribute as, as, a, as a part of a political discussion, if we had a forum for that, if we are a politically focused site, then all bets are off. But we're not. We are not a politics site. If you want politics, go to Politico or The Daily Caller or Drudge or Limbaugh or wherever. CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, any of those places that cover politics. Heritage, Organ uh, Heritage Foundation. We cover genre. We cover science fiction, fantasy, horror. And you look at the other sites that do the same kind of thing that we do, the Mary Sue, Slash, uh, uh, slash Film, Cinema Blend, Newsarama, io9, Ner Nerdist, maybe not so much. I haven't looked at them in a while. IGN, I haven't looked at, look at their site very much. But this idea of leaning into politics in order to score whatever points with your audience, then it's, you know, it's antithetical to a successful business model. And I think we're starting to see some of that. And so if I stop, no, if, if you don't like the way I run my show, you can still watch it. And you can, you know, that's, that's why there's a comment section. That's why there's a thumb down, a uh, thumbs down. You can be our on next the video. Gary. Yeah, I mean, we we've got people that don't like the stuff that we do, and that's fine. I I don't I don't lose sleep over it. There are times I will say, there are times when I look at our fluctu the fluctuation of our subscriber count, 
and I wonder what's going on because we'll gain two, we lose three, we gain one, we lose one, we gain three, we lose two. It just it just bounces back and forth. Right now we're sitting on on 1485 and I don't know how long that's going to last because last week we were at 1484 and it went all the way back down to 1481 and it's slowly been climbing up. Our numbers our numbers go up and down and bounce back and forth. It's like it's like the old uh, the old follow the bouncing ball cartoons. And I've said before, we're we're the tortoise in the race. Our growth is slow. Our growth is steady, and once we get to a certain point and we maintain, then we hold there for a little bit and then we start growing again. We add we average about one or two per day on average. So I've says that's me uns, that's me subscribing and unsubscribing with multiple accounts just to mess with you. I you know hey okay <laughs> I think some of it is in the in in looking at all of the analytics. I think some of it is um, YouTube catching bot traffic, bot channels, because we've been hit with some of those before. Every now and again, we'll get a comment from some Chinese bot farm site, uh, YouTube channel, and we've, I've blocked, I've blocked probably a good 20 or 25 of them now so far of these Chinese, Thailand, Korea, that that group, Asian, Pacific, you know, South Pacific, a number of a number of YouTube channels that make comments, and essentially their links, their their spam bots. Hello, Mazarus, welcome. Hello. And there are, you know, they're all they all look the same. They all look alike. I report them. I block them. And some of that could be some of this traffic disappearing. Some of the subscriber count going away, and that's fine. I would rather real people subscribe to the channel. But looking at the analytics, there are... <laughs> Mazur says, South Pacific, I love that musical. Um, I Looking at the analytics, though, I, cont- I, am, I am growing in my mind. The question is growing whether or not a subscriber count actually has any value. And the reason that I say that is because a number of the views for our videos come from 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 sources outside of our subscriber count. 70 72% of the views on our videos are from people who are not subscribed to the channel. And that's fine. You are all welcome. And if you don't want to subscribe, that's fine too. We're not gonna we're not gonna blackmail anybody. We're not gonna hold a gun to your head. We're not gonna say you have to subscribe. Peter Hans, uh, shout out to Drunk Three PO. <laughs> yes, Drunk Three PO is the most handsome man on YouTube, and I am not. And Drunk Three PO is sorry about that. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I I watched I watched Drunk 3PO's uh I'm sorry his apology video and I thought about making one of my own but I decided not to. I'm sorry. 
But yes. Uh, see, while Drunk 3PO is the most handsome man on YouTube, according to experts, I am the hardest working man on YouTube. So, you know, <laughs> I don't I don't know that Drunk 3PO is here in the if he is, he could say something in the chat. Hello. Uh, but I don't I don't think he's here. He is a very busy man these days with his with his video stuff that he's got going over there. And I think they just he just crossed 100, 150. I don't know where he's sitting on his subscriber count. He's well above mine here. So uh, it would uh, it would be nice to have a, a subscriber count that high. But, you know, it's it's, you know, it's like Charlie Daniel says. You play to the people who actually show up. You don't worry about the empty seats. If I sat here and and, uh, and worried about who's not here, then I wouldn't sleep at all, as opposed to not sleeping very much. But I think this... this and to be trite the whole get woke go broke thing i mean it is a thing and when you wear your politics on your sleeve and you're not a political party or a political action committee there are consequences to that and we're starting to see that with the nfl the nfl's ratings are down double digits the the people are at the point where uh, they are sitting there saying, I have had enough of this. And this can be a lot of different things. And we here are not going to wear our politics on our sleeves. We're just not. It could be... It would be very easy for me to do that with this show given that I've got an hour and when we don't have a guest, I could just rant for an hour. I could, I could, I could do that. But that's not what this show is about. And occasionally, you know, we talk about the technology. We talk about YouTube. We talk about Twitter. We talk about social media. And the context of such is how it impacts our channel, how it impacts culturally. And culturally, it, it's a big thing but the but the genre science fiction fantasy horror audience and what's going on here the gaming comics movies tv books all of that as it relates to science fiction fantasy and horror it is a microcosm of what's going on in the broader sense and in the broader sense you look at stuff like the Emmys and the NFL and and the Hugos and that kind of thing and it does give you a sense of a bigger picture that's related to what we're seeing going on in our little corner. Mazur says no one likes too much dogma of any kind in their daily social diet no one I know or like anyway. I agree. And let me let me be clear, that's on both sides. I don't want to see, I don't I don't like to see too much political dogma on a site that's not political 
on either side of the aisle. You know, we complain a lot about the whole get woke, go broke. They go political, they go left, they're progressive and, and liberal and all of that. But you can go too far to the right as well. And agree or not, one way or the other, left or right, conservative, liberal, red, blue, whatever, if you sit there and say, you must think this way or else, or if that's the biggest part of your, of your product, I'm going to make a widget. But the widget is only for people who vote X. Then you're doing it wrong. And we see this is a this is a, a survey. Uh, this is Survey Monkey, and they're talking about why the NFL is losing ratings. And the first thing they're going out here is the controversy over taking a knee. And if right or wrong, completely immaterial, but the audience doesn't like it. Uh, Sci-Fi Snob, that's a good question. Name a site that went right and went broke. I, I'm sure there's something, there's something out there, maybe, that got too over the top on the right. Right off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you which it is, but there's got to be somebody. I don't know. Cam1138. That's the point of entertainment to get away from things like politics. It should be, yeah. And Mazers, you're right. It's that's it is the thing uh, that you want to get away from that. And then on the other side of that, you have stuff like this. Here's Graveyard Shift. Just closed last night. John Malin's crowdfunded book, two hundred sixty-five thousand dollars, which beats Sean Gordon Murphy's two hundred sixty-three thousand for the plot holes. Scott Snyder closed his campaign at 218,000, 380. And then you've got Bersiker over here. And we mentioned Boom Studios earlier. Boom Studios, this is the Keanu Reeves graphic novel. 888,000 so far. They got 10 days to go on this. Now, the difference here is that this is Keanu Reeves and Boom Studios. And I have to wonder, if it was just Matt Kent and Ron Garney only doing it on their own, would they be at 888000 I don't know. I don't know that they would. Brian Polito's latest, this is, uh, this is the last one uh, by date that's on Kickstarter. September 15th it was updated. 376,000. Now, Brian Polito has been doing this for a long while now, and he has done a number of Lady Death and uh, Muerta Kickstarter and, and Indiegogos. He's, he's got the formula figured out. He's doing a bunch of projects, and they are all making bank. And... That just goes to show with all of these projects out there and, you know, Comicsgate or not is immaterial. There are people that are willing to put money into these projects and it's actually got me rethinking ours. 
but I rethink hours all the time. And then I double think and I change my mind and I second guess and I change my mind and I second guess because we have a different kind of product here. And I don't know that, I don't know that a whole lot of people are, are ready to put money into our model, even though we've been ahead of the curve on the whole virtual events thing. We were doing it before anybody else was, mostly. Uh, but, I, you know, we've been, we've been talking about doing a print magazine. We've been talking about uh, doing some projects to get crowdfunded. I would love to publish original fiction, uh, open up a market and sit there and say, you know, well, you know, submit your short story and we'll publish it. But I'd like to be able to pay people for it. I don't want to just do exposure. You know, we have a lot of plans. We have a lot of thoughts and schemes and hopes and dreams and things that we want to do here. And we haven't been able to do that very much because we don't have money. And I don't want to turn this into a, you know, holding out hat in hand and say, give us money. But it is, um, it is one of those things where we, if we had the resources, uh, there are a lot of things that we could do with this channel. And <clears throat> it's, you know, it's it's that you know it's that list it's that list of things what we'd like to do if we were able to do it. Um, so I'm 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 thinking about the Indiegogo again, um, and maybe maybe the next one is not a new TV channel yet. Maybe we do. Uh, maybe we do a magazine. Maybe we do a print edition of SciFiForMe.com. What would we print in it? Because it would probably be a quarterly if we did it. Um, and it you can't do anything that's timely current events right now because once you get to you know once you get to press, you're two or three months out. So it would have to be things like you know, behind the scenes or interviews or profiles or or think pieces and essays and, and that kind of thing. But um, it's it's always kind of just sitting back there in the back of my head, whatever it is that that we could do with this. Uh, and Mazur, yes, we we have uh, we have managed to get a, a, a very impressive uh, list of guests here so far. We want to do more. Uh, Sci-Fi Snob says long-form, in-depth interviews, and and that's on the list. That is something that we'd like to do. the The challenge with those things is the time, and you know, there's five, six of us, I think, right now, seven of us, <coughs> and not everybody is one hundred percent because. Most everybody has a day job, and everybody's a volunteer. And pretty much, I'm the only one that ha that has the time, because I'm not, you know, I'm kind of on call with the media gig. But since the media gig has kind of been slow, I'm the one with the time to to do all of this, which is why I'm I'm hosting all of these shows. But uh, yeah, it's it's a thing. I mean, it's a it's an evolving thing. I would like to have guests on this show pretty much every day. 
logistically, there's a challenge to that. Um, uh, Snob says, I, th I think a quarterly would not be timely enough. I think it depends on what content you put in it. Um, because uh, Fangoria is quarterly, and they're doing fairly well, as I understand it. Uh, and they're talking about doing some other stuff. They're gonna. They're they're talking about uh, Gorezone and Starlog coming back in some digital form. So, and you look at these crowdfunding projects with the with the graphic novels of the comic books. The money's there. There are people willing to put money into the right projects uh, that they have interest in. And the, the challenge is generating the interest. And there you get back to walking that line. Do we, do we associate with any, anybody in particular? Do we not associate with anybody in particular? I mean, there the the guilt by association crowd loves to target anyone that they think is wrong. Think, you know, they went after Sean Gordon Murphy. They were about to go after Scott Snyder, and those guys are not Comicsgate. You know, they've they've gone after a number of different creators. I'm not sure that I would want to get on that particular radar because I don't want to pick a fight with anybody. I don't want to have, I don't want to have that battle. I don't, it, it, that's, that's time and effort and stress. It's just, it's a waste. It's not worth that kind of aggravation. Um, well, see, yeah, for, for a movie opening, uh, that wouldn't work for the for the magazine, but it, we could do that for the dot com because the way the dot com has started to evolve, we're putting a lot more reviews over there because that's original and it's something that's unique to our platform, and we're able to put our our stuff over there. Uh, Cam one one three three eight. The fact that they go after people like Snyder is evidence that comics hate isn't the issue; it's those people seeking to control everyone. And that's a good point. That is something that I have said. Uh, a couple of different times. This is not necessarily about politics so much. It's not about, you know, left, right, liberal, conservative. It's not about how you vote. It kind of is in a way that factors into it, but for the most part, it's about control. And when you have something like a graveyard chef doing $265,000, you have something like Fatal, which is over 60000 Alterna Comics just, I think, hit their $15,000 goal in like four days. You have uh, Cyberfrog making a million. You've got uh, uh, Berserker doing eight hundred, almost $900,000. That shows that the money is there and the people are willing to pay for the product and it's not coming from the big two. It's not coming from your usual suspects. It's not coming from DC or Marvel or Valiant. And I like you know, what Ross Ritchie says about why Boom is doing the, the Kickstarter with Bersiger. 
and his logic is sound. I agree with his his approach on this, and I think it's it's something that probably it's it surprises me that nobody has come up with this idea before. This reasoning behind it is we're using Kickstarter, he says, to find people that normally are not into comic books. The Kickstarter is for the Keanu Reeves fandom. Comic books, comic book people, are going to be aware of this project because they're into comic books. Comic book people are going to be aware of this, any projects, because they're in they're in the comic book shops. They're talking to other comic book readers. There, there is a there is a community there of people who talk to each other about the stuff they're reading or the stuff they're interested in, and that's a very closed, insular group. And we see that from the numbers because sales numbers in the direct market are tiny compared to, say, superhero movie ticket sales. You'll have millions of people go see these movies, but you only have tens of thousands of people reading comic books. And it just goes back to like what Mitch Breitweiser is trying to do with Allegiance Arts. Getting comic books in front of people who normally don't see comic books or know they even exist anymore. You get your comic books into Walmart, newsstand, convenience stores, wherever that distribution channel takes you. And that's what Boom Studios is doing with Bersiker. We're going to put a com- we're going to put a comic book project out there and put Keanu Reeves' name on it and we're going to draw in a bunch of people who love to see Keanu Reeves. Oh, what's he doing? Oh, it's a comic book? What's a comic book? Oh, it's a graphic. What's a graphic novel? What is this? And that's where that is. Is you're opening up a new audience for comic books. And that's a very smart move because as much as people hate to admit, the direct market, the comic book shop, your local comic store, they're hurting. And some of that is damage from the distribution model all these years. Some of it is quality of the product. Some of it is the economy. Some of the, you know, There's a lot of different reasons why the direct market is not done as well as it probably could, maybe should. The paradigm is shifting. You know, we see DC deciding they're going to go they're going to go all in with digital uh, with DC Universe now becoming DC Universe Infinite and it's all going to be comic books there digital comics digital first stuff that is available digitally before it's available as a as a physical book so they're going straight into they're leaning heavily into digital and I get it you can you can distribute worldwide in digital and you don't have to worry about printing costs or shipping costs or warehouses or any of that it makes sense from a business standpoint you want to get your comic book out to the biggest market available you put it out digitally But the product that you sell needs to appeal to a broad market. 
and needs to appeal to a big audience. Unless you're doing something so specifically niche, like the biography of Abraham Lincoln as a comic book, there's not going to be a huge market for that. But a Superman comic book, or a Justice League comic book, or a Captain America comic book, or Avengers, or Fantastic Four, or XL Man of War, those have the potential of reaching a very big audience. And as a publisher, as a writer, as an editor on these comic books, you have a vested interest in making sure that that product has broad appeal. And as such, it is in your best interest not to shoot yourself in the foot by turning that book into a political screed. Left or right, doesn't matter. Because you could very easily turn Captain America into propaganda one way or the other. Uh, Snob, the story of Charlie Chaplin. I think there's potential there because Charlie Chaplin had a big audience. He was very popular. Now, probably the timing of it, if you had gotten this back when Robert Downey Jr. did the movie, you might have had more interest. But I think on its own, I think uh, Charlie's London has got a lot of potential, especially given the fact that it's tied in with Chaplin's estate. They've put their stamp on it. They say, yes, this is good. That one, that one I'm, I'm keeping an eye out. I'm, I'm looking at that one to see how that one does. Um, so may, I, we, may, we may need to have her on to talk about how that all came about. Because that's an interesting story for me uh, to, to see how that, how, that all, how, how that all came together. Um, I need to make a note. Let's make a note. Where's my... Where's my notes? I just had it with me here. Charlie's London. I'm going to send a note to Charlie's London and see if she wants to come on and talk about that comic book because it is it to me it's it's an interesting story. Um not just, you know, Charlie Chaplin's biography, but the fact that she's able to talk to Charlie Chaplin's estate and get official sanction for this book. Uh, I think it's going to be going to be interesting to do that. So, um, so yeah, we'll reach out to her and uh, see what we can see. And with that, I guess we will close out. Don't forget, uh, we are here Monday through Thursday live on this program. Tonight we've got a new H two O. I don't know what we're going to be talking about yet. Um, <clears throat> tomorrow. A brand new episode of, let me find it, let me find it so I can show everybody. Uh, tomorrow night, brand new, Salacious Crumbs with all of the latest Star Wars news, rumor, and speculation. And a special edition of Same because we're going to be doing it live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central. And it's episode one. Hundred, I it, it boggles my mind that we've made it that far. But we've made it that far. One hundred episodes of Salacious Crumbs tomorrow night, uh, and then of course we've got H two O tonight, 
And I believe we've got, do we, we don't have a tartar sauce this week. Tartar sauce is next week. All right. So H2O tonight, salacious crumbs, 100 tomorrow night. And uh, then of course we're back here. What? Ranker pit on Friday. Ranker pit on Friday. We've got invitations out to Gina Carano and, uh, and Ahmed Best. We haven't heard back. One of these days, I don't know. I think, I think Gina Carano is too enamored with Drunk Three PO to to well, give us the time of day. Maybe we should get the two of them on there. <laughs> you know, I actually thought about that. that I thought awesome. that would be kind of fun if we had Drunk Three PO on, and then brought in Gina Carano as a surprise. <gasps> he would lose his mind. Of course, now I've given away the I've, I've given away the plan. That's okay. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, all right, that's going to do it for us. Don't forget, SuperheroStuff.com. You get 10% off with promo code SCIFI for me, 10. And with that money, if you are so inclined, you want to support us, we do have a Subscribestar account set up. And we've got um, the PayPal, and we've got different ways that you can support us here. Uh, Super Chats, uh, when you're watching us live, or you just send us money. Yeah, that's, that's fine. And, you know, we do have... A mailing address. I mean, if you want to just check, let's do a check. Uh, 1503 Main Street, number 305, Grandview, Missouri, 64030. You can send a self-addressed stamped envelope. And we will send you a sticker if you want. They're nice stickers. They're solid. They're pretty They're pretty robust and, uh, and hearty. And we will be back here tomorrow, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central, for another conversation, chat, rant, whatever, live from the bunker. Thanks for being here, everyone. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.